Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Hour number two. Here we are. Hanging out. Um, I find it uh, interesting. Look, uh, if anybody thinks that this deal isn't done in the sense of Rodgers is going to be under center in green in uh, New York come opening day, uh, you're crazy. So it's going to happen. It, it'll be a done deal. And when uh, we said earlier in following the Trey Wingo post about the it shifted and the, the deal is done, meaning Rodgers has said, okay, I'm, I want to be a Jet. That, the deal is done. He wants to be a Jet. Yes. Done deal. I love the fact that uh, the uh, the New York side of things is uh, already tired of the the back and forth. I mean, it's only been two weeks for them. Uh, article out of the New York Post said, with the football world waiting for the Jets GM Douglas and the Packers to iron out a trade for the 39-year-old quarterback, Rodgers was spotted. They're already doing this. Spotted enjoying a cold drink at Longevity Coffee in Thousands o- Thousand Oak, California. The four-time NFL MVP had an iced coffee and a conversation about fitness with an ide- unidentified man and woman at the drip shop, as they call it. <laughs> they got pictures of this. Ben, I peed myself. Then he peed himself. Rogers uh, dating model Mallory Edens. Why that's pertinent to this story, I have no idea. Heading out into the rain solo, giving a longevity employee a hug on the way out. Oh, man, public... it was raining? It was raining in Thousand Oaks, California. No way. In his first public sighting since he appeared on the Pat McAfee show. Gang Green and the Packers are working out trade compensation. So... Rogers then saying that the Packers are kind of digging in, digging their heels in. They've got pictures of him with his phone, obviously, uh, you know, blocking Adam Schefter, uh, talking to some dude and some girl sitting there, and her hair's up, and she's in a light blue sweatshirt, and Rogers has got his shades, and they're tucked into his hoodie, and no socks on, wearing his black Adidas. Just. Fans in New York are waiting for their new quarterback. The Jets have been busy with a little help from Rodgers. They picked up Alan Lazard. He has another ask on his wish list, the free agent Odell Beckham Jr., trying to keep in contact. And then they got pictures of him leaving, walking down the street, hands in the pocket of his hoodie. Just, they're they're stalking the guy now. Oh, they say no need for coffee with this kind of energy around Rogers right now. And then just below it in the New York Post, they have model Gabrielle Epstein revealing her racy new swimsuit, swimsuit the circumboob, oh. and Paula Gretzky posting bikini selfies. <laughs> it's all in the same thing. It's like, come on, man. Come on. Tough couple of weeks for Paulina Gretzky. Right. With all the live news. Fewer oh, benefits. Man. Right. Yeah, she's not even, they're not even doing private jets anymore. They've cut out the private jets for the live crew. That's a shame. Yeah. I love it. <sighs> I just, um, Uh, what's funny is even with Wilson, the Jets have a better team. The Packers, Packers need this trade more than New York does. Not really. Not really. 
Um, <laughs> just I, I I'm reading all the comments. It, it's just funny. It's I I'm I'm. Doing what we do for a living, we get to comment on all this stuff. And, you know, it is as the world turns, and I completely understand that. And sometimes you just got to step back and go, man, what a merry-go-round. What a whole bunch of crap flying off that thing. And that's kind of what it's like. I'm uh, I'm of the uh, the mindset of it's going to get done. It's a done deal. Rodgers does not want to come back to Green Bay. Green Bay has moved on. It's just now a matter of crossing the T's, dotting the I's, and that's pretty much it. And they'll get it done, but there's no urgency here. And everybody acts like you got to get it done today. You know? I'm, there, there's no, what, what's different between today and tomorrow? Between today and Friday? Between today and Sunday? There's nothing. There's no difference. It's not like practices start. OTAs don't start. The Jets would love him, love to get him in the building, but he pretty much knows Nathaniel Hackett's offense. I'm sure it's an offshoot of what Matt LaFleur did. You're not talking to a dummy. As if he's going to be at OTAs anyway. Right? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I'm sure at some point that, uh, that you know, they'll they'll get this deal done. And if the Packers, for whatever reason, don't get the deal done by the NFL draft, then you do it after June 1st, get next year's trade compensation. Now, you would love to have the Jets' 13th pick, but you would love to get draft compensation going into next season, the next draft, which I my assumption would be it would be conditional because let's say uh, the Jets win the Super Bowl. Then you're going to get the 32nd pick. Well, that doesn't mean a hill of beans. So you're going to take the first and what? The second? First and second? First and third? From the Jets? Because the, the draft capital at that point between 13th and 32nd would be drastically different, obviously. So, I, you know, I just... I... I... Um, I'm not... But the Packers also get to spread the money out over two years after June 1st, when they when they would trade them, which means they actually gain compensation in the salary cap area over the next two years. So I'm, I'm good with that, too. So I'm saying. There's this this whole thing of, oh, my God, you got to get it done. we we got to be done with this. No, if I'm good against, you know, and, and if Rogers, uh, you know, um, if his painting of the mental picture is correct and good against his dug his heels in, good. Good. As a fan of the Green Bay Packers, get the absolute positive most you can. Dig your heels in. Because you don't have anything to worry about until the first game of the season, which doesn't happen until September. Which would mean the Jets would panic because all they would have to work with is Zach Wilson. That's it. Packers have quarterbacks. So I'm good with that. Take your time. Make sure you get what you want. Make, you know, the best deals, and I have said I say this in business all the time, the best deals are the ones that work out for everybody. Packers get what they want. Jets get what they want. Everybody walks away feeling good about it. And I hope Rodgers uh, plays well. I hope he makes the Jets relevant. I don't hope for some dismal crash and burn in New York. 
I what I am going to be watching for uh, on the on the daily will be the same stuff that went on here. You know, I I'm going to be happy to listen to New York radio, wondering why Rogers is going deep on a third and two, and it falls incomplete, and you know they have numerous opportunities. It just kills drives. Or why Nathaniel Hackett has him out of shotgun 87% of the time. And they have empty backfield all the time. The best teacher I've ever had in my life. And that, and that goes from school to football. Um, he just makes learning fun. He makes learning fun. That's Nathaniel Hackett. He makes learning fun. The more you know. It's such an unfair clip to keep playing. <laughs> Whatever. Right. But it's going to fortify the program for a long time to come, right? The words of Alan Lazard. He makes learning fun. I'm good with that. Such good blocking schemes. Right? Uh, The only thing that I think the league is waiting for is how much they're going to put the New York Jets into nationally televised games. That's it. I think CBS is salivating at the thought of some of the matchups the Jets are going to have. Certainly, Rodgers and Josh Allen. That's going to be a matchup that they're definitely going to be all involved in. They can't wait for that. Tua and you know Aaron Rodgers. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. We'll know what the schedule is, too, coming out here shortly. Do you ever wonder, um, Bill, if the Packers yeah. actually not having an owner is a good thing for them? In this case, because Boomer brings um, up, you know, oh, if they had an owner, it'd be done. And it's it's such a joke how it's run. And I'm sitting here thinking about the negotiation part. And maybe if there was an owner, definitely if there was a more poor owner that doesn't run the best ship, they would be there to pressure Goody and the GM almost to get it done. Or there would be um, maybe ownership pressure. But here you yeah. don't have it because that guy doesn't exist. Yeah, I would uh, I would I would venture to say that. Um, I, I've said all along, I love the Packers setup. At times, it will drive you nuts because it moves like an iceberg. But overall, you don't, because it depends on your owner. Say you have Jerry Jones, who is the face of the team, still doing radio, shooting his mouth off, giving away state secrets on the continual, and creating nothing but controversy around your locker room, your head coach, your team. There's Daniel Snyder, who robs and and diminishes the value of his property just because by walking through the door as the ultimate sleaze. There's Haslam, who threw the complete league into an off-kilter state by a really dumbass contract that he gave to a rather mediocre quarterback. You know, you could have those guys. Or you could have the, the Rooney family that just sits back, Unless their GM do their thing, you could have the the you know uh, McCaskey family, who's been the son has been inept. Uh, they have gone through GMs and head coaches like they ate a bad meal at a. I don't even want to diminish any particular ethnic restaurant, but they had a bad bad meal at a restaurant and they can't get off the pot. They just keep blowing them out. So. I like the structure the Packers have. It's not always conducive to what everybody wants, but it's stable. And there's two or three sides to this. One is is the, the making of money and the business 
of all of this. Yeah, right. You could have the Ford family over in Detroit, who's finally at least seemingly starting to get it right after years of ineptitude. I mean, I, I remember growing up in Cincinnati. Paul Brown was great. Mike Brown was an idiot. You know, once Paul Brown had passed the, the, the team over to his son and then passed away, Mike Brown would rather spend an extra $22 on his badass hat than pay any money to anybody on that team to actually fortify the football team. You know, they kept throwing money at Carter, for God's sakes, who fell off a treadmill and busted his knee. I, I just, with the whole thing with ownership, be careful, be careful what you wish for. But, again, I go back to the opponents for the Jets this upcoming season. Tell me this. How many of these games do you think are going to be uh, one of the primetime games on CBS, Ben? Uh, it's not going to be the Commanders. How about the Eagles? By primetime, you mean the 3.30? Either the 3.30 game on CBS or uh, the, say, a Sunday night or Monday night game. The Eagles? Definitely. Chargers? Hurts versus Rodgers. Chargers, maybe. Kansas City? Yep. Buffalo? Yep. Probably both times. Dolphins? Probably, yeah. Dolphins will be good. Bill Belichick and company up in New England? Yeah, probably. That's the home. I now mean, it'll be away. like what the Packers have been. The Packers have right. been the late game on Fox every week. They aren't on primetime. Right. Then there's Dallas? Yep. Feels like it. The Giants? Probably not. Hopefully uh, Daniel then Jones there, starts There's the, the Browns. Same. The Broncos. The Raiders? Well, Rodgers versus Devontae. Oh. Thought on that. And then there's, again, the Bills, the Dolphins, and, and the and the uh, the Patriots. So that's you a, would figure the Bills games would be. That's a tough schedule now that you go maybe, through it. Maybe Man. one of the Dolphins games. Maybe one of the Patriots games. The Dallas game. The Giants game. The Eagles game. The Chiefs game. I mean, there's, there's, there's seven, eight games. There's eight games right there. That's eight games right there, and maybe the Raiders game because of the whole Devontae thing, if the Raiders are somewhat, you know, even remotely relevant. But that would be eight, nine games. That's half their schedule would be probably because of Aaron Rodgers' prime time now in some way, shape, or form. Either the late afternoon game on CBS or would be the game, say, on Monday night or Sunday night or Thursday night for that matter. So I, I just by the walkthrough of the door of Aaron Rodgers, and I don't. You're, you're right. That's a brutal schedule. Yeah, that's, that's all. If schedule. they don't start losing, because they'll do Correct. it early in the season. But if they get to three to four losses, and they're no longer the like they're the draw because of the star power. Mm-hmm. But if they're not that good, then you see all that go away. So it's either going to work well. In front yeah, of everybody, would, or it's going to fail in front of everybody. Right. Well, but it would still be already a predetermined game as far as the time. The, uh, they would wait to the last six or seven games of the season for flex scheduling. But most people are not going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, especially when it's going to be against a team like Dallas, a team like Buffalo, a team like uh, the Patriots, Tua, Kansas City, or or the Eagles. Right. They wouldn't get rid of Rodgers versus Hurts, Rodgers versus Mahomes, Rodgers versus Prescott. Rodgers, New York versus New York, you know what I mean? Or Rodgers versus Josh Allen, Rodgers versus Tua. They wouldn't get rid of those games. They'd still keep those games just because. So, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons I'm sure the league probably wants to get it done because they like to schedule this stuff. 
But I think everybody knows, you know, Rodgers is going to end up in uh, in New York, and it's going to be a done deal. It's just a matter of crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hey, uh, terrific. Uh, the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your mouth, whether it's spaghetti and meatballs, lasagna, the saucina, uh, penny pasta. You've got the chicken marsala, which is just absolutely out of this world. And I know people don't necessarily go to an Italian uh, restaurant for, like, veal chops and stuff, but they have some steaks. Unbelievable. Down at Calderon Club. Old World Third Street, downtown Milwaukee, right next door, San Giorgio, authentic, very verified, certified uh, VPN Napoletana Pizzeria uh, from out of Napoli, Italy. And they've got that as well, both of them. Absolutely tremendous. Stop into either place. Tell Gino, Rob, and everybody down there, hello, Alex, which is the best waiter you're ever going to have. Just a great guy, just great people down there. That's Calderon Club in San Giorgio, Old World Third Street, downtown Milwaukee, across from the Hyatt. And uh, stop in, tell them we said hi more. The Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show today good to have you the saga continues but the nfl remains king as their 24 7 365 news cycle continues you still have the aaron Rodgers stuff going on out there that's an obvious but you also have uh, other things happening like signings going on throughout free agency you've got uh, the nfl draft uh, upcoming uh, and we still are talking about uh, the possibility of moving quarterbacks uh, the NFC North we were discussing just a little while ago. Uh, bring him in now, Brad Spielberger, our guy from uh, Pro Football Focus. And uh, you can find him at PFF underscore Brad, PFF underscore Brad. Brad, how you doing, man? Brad there. There oh, we go. Oh, I said I'm, doing, oh, <laughs> I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing well. So let, let's talk free agency first and foremost. And what you what, what do you like uh, say, what teams have really kind of impressed you via free agency and the moves that they've made thus far? Yeah, I'll do one in the NFC and one in the AFC. So, you know, I think the Cleveland Browns have done a very good job. Their biggest weakness last year, they ranked dead last for us in run defense grade, particularly from the interior of their defensive line. That unit was 31st for our grading overall. And so adding Dalvin Tomlinson, a really good interior defensive lineman, can play nose tech. Uh, can play nose tackles, can play three technique, and rush the passer a little bit. I think that was their biggest need. Um, and then adding Agbania Akaronkwo, the edge rusher from the Houston Texans. They lose to Davion Clowney. They need that number two edge rusher. Um, for him last year, from week seven to the end of the season, he was top ten in pressure rate, top ten in pass rush win rate. I think a very good player uh, to play alongside Miles Garrett. So I think they've done a really good job in, in, in fixing that defense uh, with new defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. And if they get the offense back on track, they should they should be a good team. On the NFC side, the Detroit Lions have had a really good free agency. I think, again, the biggest weakness for them was the, the secondary. And to add two outside starting corners and Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley, Sutton from Pittsburgh has some inside-outside flexibility, um, is a good player. And then Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL last year in San Francisco but was playing really good football. I think it's a classic by low. And then, of course, everyone was kind of talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the surprising one-year flyer to go to Detroit, reunite with Aaron Glenn, who was his coach in New Orleans, 
um, is now the defensive coordinator in Detroit. Uh, I think they they have a lot of options now on the back end of where they play guys, a lot of slot options, a lot of out wide, safety. I like what they've done as well. Uh, let's go with the NFC North. Uh, you mentioned the Detroit Lions. We know that the defensive side of the football was not the best for the Minnesota Vikings as well, and the Vikings are trying to somewhat address that. They still have a really solid offense, but uh, when, when it comes to the Lions and the Vikings, I still think the Vikings might be the best team in the NFC North. Do you agree or disagree? Or maybe it's just right now it's a coin flip between them and the Lions. I would, I would lean towards the Detroit Lions. You know, I think the, the Vikings defense was underrated really bad last year. Um, you know, allowed 25-plus points per game. I want to say in like eight or nine games in a row to close the season. Truly could not stop anyone. I think Daniel Jones owes some money to the Minnesota Vikings defense, frankly. So, um, you know, yes, they, they did add a couple of nice pieces I really like. I like bringing in Marcus Davenport on a one-year flyer from New Orleans. Aaron Murphy, the cornerback from Arizona, I think fits in, in the new system they should have with Brian Flores. Dean Lowry, the former Packer, he didn't have a great you know year in 2022, but I thought he was very effective as a pass rusher in 2021 and as a solid depth addition. So I feel like that, you know they could be about the same on defense, maybe a little bit better because of course they do lose Dalvin Tomlinson, they do lose Patrick Peterson, um, a couple other guys. But yeah, to me, Detroit right now, as crazy as it sounds, um, I-, I think they are the team to beat in the NFC North. Where does uh, Chicago stand in all of this and the moves that they have made? I think they've been solid. You know, I do like the addition of Nate Davis, the guard for their interior, their offensive line. They needed to do something there. Heard a lot of good things about him, specifically in this outside zone rushing attack, which Tennessee runs a very similar, uh, you know, rushing attack, uh, you know, the, the last couple of years. So I like the fit there. For the defense, I get there's been some confusion of why do you trade away Roquan Smith and then go and pay a Tremaine Edmonds a similar contract. I think to them, you know, they say, hey, we got a second-round pick and we've still signed a player that we think is a better fit in our defense. Um, and the Bears thought Smith was more of a, a 3-4 off-ball linebacker and didn't fit as well as a, a will, a weak-side linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds should, a really good coverage player, long, rangy. I think they like him better. But for me, the biggest thing is, you know, I don't care if they have Brian Urlacher or Mike Singletary back there, their defensive line is still one of the worst in the NFL. And so I just wonder why they allocate so many resources to linebacker when they still have such a poor defensive line. Uh, I wanted to ask about the Packers in all of this because the Packers are sitting here. Uh, they've made a couple of moves. They try to fortify their secondary, obviously letting Dean Lowry go. They've, they've cut a little bit of what I consider to be some of the dead wood off the tree, although I'm not a big fan of losing Adrian Amos and the, and the knowledge he had. And they have to fix that secondary position. But overall, they've got a solid offensive line. They've got a decent defensive front. I think they can add some depth there. They need a tight end because they're bereft of tight ends now. But where do the Packers fit in all of this? And I know the ultimate question mark is Jordan Love. But where do the Packers fit into all of this right now? Yeah, well, as you know, I mean, they don't really participate in free agency much. You know, I guess a couple of years ago with the Smith brothers was a very surprising for them to really, you know, and I guess Adrian Amos as well. Like you said, I think they do still have a lot of pieces there. I think you're counting on growth from the draft class last year, you know, losing Dean Lowry and some other guys. You figure Devontae Wyatt steps in there and makes it more, more of an impact in his second year. The safety situation is interesting, though. There are still a lot of players available, so I wouldn't panic just yet. But it is viewed as a very poor draft class. I don't think they can count on getting a starting caliber player in the draft unless they use a really early pick there, which I don't think I would advise. So, look, I still think you shouldn't hit the panic button yet. If they believe in Jordan Love, we should probably trust them um, to figure that out. I think the offense got better and better as the year went on, and the chemistry developed with those young receivers, and they gained confidence. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I do think you have to do something at safety. You maybe look to add – maybe even bring Adrian Amos back if his market is not what he was hoping or look to some other players that are still out there. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they just – they don't really do much in free agency, and it, it's worked for about 20 years, so you can't really blame them. Now we know that uh, we're waiting on the T's to be crossed, the I's to be dotted, and compensation to be had in this whole, you know, Packers, uh, you know, Jets trade scenario. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that thinks that the Packers and the Jets aren't eventually going to make a deal. So when you start to look at the trade value charts, the Jets don't really have a secondary option to Zach Wilson. Uh, the Packers could wait till after June 1st and actually seek, you know, monetary compensation by dividing up that uh, that cap hit. So it's not awful if the Packers wait until after the draft. But how do you see this whole thing going? Yeah, you know, I think the funny thing is there's been all these conversations about leverage. Who has the leverage? Who has more leverage? Realistically, for me, I think in a weird way, neither side has leverage. Like the Packers clearly do not want to you know, carry $60 million in cash on their books. I think Rodgers obviously said he'd probably rather retire, but, you know, maybe out of spite or, or whatever the case may be, if they don't trade him to a place he wants to be, he'll say, okay, I'll come in and, and I'll report and, and I'll, you know, show up when I feel like it, don't get fined or anything, but I'll let you pay me $60 million in fully guaranteed dollars and, and just maybe not have the greatest vibe around the building. And then, of course, the flip side of the Jets, they sit there, they let Jimmy Garoppolo go to Las Vegas, a couple other options, maybe in that veteran market, like a Jacoby Verstad or whoever the case may be, sign elsewhere, and they're picking at 13, which, yeah, maybe they could trade up for a quarterback, but, you know, they trade up for Sam Darnold, take Zach Wilson. I don't think they can you know, rely on that route again. So in a funny way, like, neither side has a ton of leverage. I guess at this point, you kind of just let it wait. You'll, you know, fizzle out a little bit, let cooler heads prevail, and maybe something happens closer to the draft. Um, I think it does get done. I think it's more a matter of, frankly, the draft compensation. I don't think it's going to be crazy, but I think they're probably closer there. My guess is they're trying to work out this contract. Is Green Bay willing to retain maybe $10 million, $15 million in salary? I doubt they want to do that. Um, you know, but, but for the Jets' perspective, potentially bringing in a guy for one year, $60 million, you know, they can say, okay, we'll do that, and we'll give you nothing in trade compensation. And for a lot of reasons, obviously, optics included, Green Bay doesn't want to go that route. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's not just as easy as saying, hey, we'll give you a one and, and the deal is done. I mean, I there has to be trade compensation. And I know Rodgers had talked about that the number that is will not be the number he plays for. So do you think that a restructure of that deal is also something that is kind of a fly in the ointment in all of this? Yeah, potentially. You know, at this point, maybe he is having conversations with the Jets about what he'd be willing to do um, and how he can rework his contract to make it more, you know, amenable from a cash perspective. The cap, I don't think, is a concern. But for, from a cash perspective, you know, just not wanting to go into, like I said, maybe paying $60 million for one season of the guy, um, it, it's a scary proposition. So it's possible that that is more of the holdup, and they're looking to maybe, like I said, chop 10 or $15 million off of that number, and that makes it a little bit more – you know, amenable to them, but it does seem like there also is something going on between the teams themselves. Uh, and it's not just a Rogers issue at this point. Um, I also wanted to ask you because uh, people tend to look at this as, Hey, if the jets get Rogers, man, they're a super bowl contender. I don't even think they're the best team in their division. Do you? I think they're still a hair below the Buffalo bills um, in that division, but I think it's really, really close. I think the thing is, New York's quarterback play last year was below replacement level. Like, it wasn't just bad. It wasn't just below average. It was literally, these guys should not be playing in the NFL level bad. And I think Mike White is a solid backup. Signed a solid deal with the Miami Dolphins, but gets hurt right away in a game against the Buffalo Bills. 
that tries to play through that a little bit. So we weren't even seeing a healthy Mike White, um, and we're already talking about a guy that is a journeyman, you know, backup quarterback at best. So that, to me, is if Rodgers can come in, if he can, hey, maybe recruit a couple more guys, get Mercedes Lewis in there, get a couple other players he's apparently advocating for, like I said, I agree with you. They're just below the Bills, but I think it's really, really close. I don't think it's some big gap between them and the Buffalo Bills. To the roster outside of quarterback, to me, the Jets are ahead of the Bills by a decent margin. First couple of weeks of the season, uh, Tua was fantastic. They put up 42 against the Ravens. They get a win, and obviously he got hurt against Buffalo, hurt again against Cincinnati, and after that he was down for a while. Then when he comes back, he starts to play well. Uh, if Tua comes back and he's completely – all the concussion symptoms are gone, he plays extremely well, is is Miami that team that's just also a hair below Buffalo? A hundred percent, and I'm glad you went there because I think if you look at this market, you know, if you were looking to bet on it or something of that nature, the Dolphins are third in odds right now, and it's a, it's a decent drop. It's about – but the Bills are around even money. The Jets are about plus 220, so, you know, 2.2 to 1. And the Dolphins are all the way down at about 3.5 to 1, plus 350 in that range. And to me, you are basically betting on Tua Tagovailoa staying healthy. But, look, the team already exercised his fifth-year option. They're the first team of any to exercise the option on that 2020 draft class, which I think is a showing of confidence, a sign of belief in both his ability and his health. And I love what they've done, not just the Jalen Ramsey splash. I think bringing in David Long, the linebacker from Tennessee, was an under-the-radar under phenomenal signing. I do. I think they're a dark horse. If, again, huge if, Tua stays healthy, they could they could easily win that division in my eyes. Uh, real quick, if you're going to kind of label, because I, I, I really believe that eventually Baltimore and Lamar Jackson are going to come to some sort of an agreement, whether it's just he's playing for the franchise tag or what, but – uh, I know that there, everybody's very silently breathing collusion in all of this, but give me your thoughts on Lamar Jackson because I just get the sense that uh, people like the guy, they just don't want to give out guaranteed money for a running quarterback that's going to take a lot of hits. Yeah, to me, I think the collusion thing as it relates to not wanting to do the contract, I don't necessarily agree with. Like you said, not even just a running quarterback, any court, any player in the NFL Teams do not want to follow this precedent. I mean, Aaron Rodgers led the NFL in fully guaranteed at signing dollars at $101.5 million before Deshaun Watson got 230 So more than double the next highest player, and I don't think any team wants to even come close to that number. Um, like I said, whether it's Lamar Jackson, who, you know, I agree, there are, you know, he missed five games at the end of the last two seasons. That is part of it as well. But for me, where I, if you want to, you know, shout collusion and get into the weeds of the conspiracy theories a little bit, to me – the fact that he gets franchise tagged, and then an hour later, we have about a half a dozen teams coming out. And look, not just through you know the usual mouthpieces of the NFL, the big-name reporters. We saw the Atlanta Falcons team reporter who works for the club and, and posts on their official website. And, and all respect to those people, but they don't get scoops. They don't put out original information. It's not really their job. That was bizarre to me. And, and I think, A, the guaranteed money is part of it. But, B, not having an agent, uh, the league does not like it. We've seen it cause problems. Um, you know, it sounds like there was an article today that someone is calling around the league on behalf of Lamar Jackson trying to drum up trade interest, which is not supposed to happen, um, not supposed to be legal in, in the current situation. So that, I think, is also an underrated aspect of this is, A, I agree with you on the contract, and then, B, I think there is kind of some, you know, teams are viewing it or, or, or the way they're talking about him. If he had a big power broker agent, I don't think you see those tweets coming out, you know, an hour after he gets franchise tagged. Great stuff as always, Brad. I appreciate it. And as uh, we get closer to the draft and teams start to have uh, more maneuvering going on, we'll talk again, okay? Sounds great.
All right, buddy, appreciate it. There you go. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. You can get his stuff at PFF underscore Brad, at PFF underscore Brad. Always good to get him on the program. Uh, wealth of information for those guys over there at Pro Football Focus, too. Good, good stuff. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at JNL Tire Service and Service Centers. And the one just uh, right there in Johnson Creek is right off of 94. Uh, they have a huge facility for tractor trailers. So if you're out over the road, you have some tire issues, brake issues, trailer issues, whatever it happens to be, your cab issues. Whatever it is, they have got uh, they have got a facility for you. Or if you're just uh, cruising around in the van, the uh, taking the team out uh, this weekend, uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, you know, getting ready for uh, the upcoming season, soccer, and you need an oil change. They can do that, too. Trust them. And the best part about it is the whole gang, they do a lot of stuff philanthropically in their community. They're really, really good people. Lyle and his staff, they just do so much. They're honest. They're good, good people. And uh, they, they get it done, and they get it done right. Get a hold of our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. There's one in Johnson Creek just above 94. You can't miss it from the highway. Then there's another one out there in Watertown on Boulder Road. So either place, you can't go wrong. Check out our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.